Hi, I'm Scott Curtis, and this is Pod Around and Find Out. It's a podcast. You listen to it. Hey, folks, welcome to Pod Around and Find Out. I'm excited to get this podcast started, and I'm super excited for my first guest. My first guest is David A. Simpson, and you'll want to remember the A part, because if you look for his books, there's several David Simpsons out there who are authors, and you want to make sure you go to David A. Simpson. Although there is another David Simpson that's pretty good, too, that does sci-fi. David is the author of the Zombie Road series of books, and he successfully sucked me into the Truckers vs. Zombie universe by creating some fantastic characters and a riveting story. David has also lived an action-packed life himself, and I'm really excited to get to know him. Thanks for being on the show, David. Hey, man, my pleasure. My pleasure. I gotta, I gotta say, I wanted to tell you the story about how I found you yeah. because it was back, I think it was about 2018 and I was, uh, I was managing a, a, an IT office in Columbia, Tennessee, but I was in South Bend, Indiana. So I needed stuff to listen to while I was driving. And I also needed stuff to read because I don't watch a whole lot of TV when I was back at the hotel or our corporate apartment and Amazon I think I had the Kindle Unlimited or something at that time and they were always recommending stuff for me to read and it was usually on the horror or sci-fi type of subjects because I do a lot of Stephen King and and sci-fi and stuff like that and your book came up and and I have to say that I had tried a lot of independent authors books and a lot of them just sucked. <laughs> they, 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 they just weren't good. They weren't ready for prime time. And so I saw yours and I said, well, shit, I'll just go ahead and try it. And, and I, uh, I got the, the print version, uh, the Kindle version, and I sat down the first night that I got to Columbia and I think I finished three quarters of the book in one night and then I finished it the next night. So I had to download the second book that week. And I think I might've finished three books in a week wow. <laughs> because it was that good. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just, I, I have to say that, you know, your character development and the story and everything was I mean, it's, I, I'm a huge Stephen King fan, and it was in that league for me. It, it, it just really, it just really sucked me in, and I cared about those people. Thank you. Thank you. It's, I don't know what to say, man. That was my freshman effort. Yeah. So I, what I wanted to talk about first is, you know, it, from reading your bio page, you you have left, lived a full life. What what was the impetus to get you started on the Zombie Road series? Remember a few minutes ago you said how bad a lot of horror indie books were? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was a truck driver, yeah. and I listened to them on audio. Anything was on audio, I'd listen uh-huh. to. You know? and right. A lot of them really were pretty bad. You know, there's some 
standout exceptions, of course, but a lot of them, I would go home and just complain to the wife, oh my God, this main character, he's so stupid. Nobody would act like that, you know? Uh, and yeah. just, and she listened to me grumble about him. And then after a couple of years of that, she finally said, well, if you can do better, just why don't you write your own book? You know, I said, well, by golly, I will. <laughs> I did. It took me probably another two years of working the plot out in my head. And I believe mm -hmm. that's, I plotted it all out. I had the whole book written in my head before I even sat down and I borrowed her old laptop and just wrote it in the back of the truck, you know, in the evenings, every evening, I just sit down and write. Mm -hmm. I had to, I had everything already planned out and plotted for the most part. So it just kind of flowed. So there are multiple books in this series and, and, you know, the, it's the, the plot is simple in a way and it's, you know, zombies versus truckers and yet it's complicated as to you know how the virus got out and you know just all the the stories off of stories and subplots and stuff like that it, it did you i mean did you write out an outline to get from the first book to the last book or how did how did you have that story <laughs> it's all up there <laughs> actually dude i thought it was a book I seriously thought that was a book. I'd never written anything since, you know, since high school, really. I wrote, that's a different story, how I got started writing again, just writing short paragraphs since high school is the first thing I've written. But we had we had an Airbnb. We had this cool little Airstream on a lake, and we'd rent it out. And a lot of creatives would come out there. We shot movies out there, and a lot of writers would come out there because it was really peaceful. And this one lady was out there to mm. finish her book. And I asked her, I said, well, how long should a book be? I mean, how many words is a book? She goes, oh, you know, 100,000, 120,000. I'm like, okay, this book, this eight book series, plus the three spinoffs, plus the other spinoffs. I said, that's, that's probably a book. You know, that's probably a hundred thousand words. So yeah. I had no clue until I started writing. Right. Right. And one of the things that I thought was cool was that you've based your characters off of, real people or an amalgamation of people. And I, I, I think that's what stuck with me because, you know, you know, Gunny and Lacey and, and, and Grizz and all those folks. And it, it just, they, they felt real to me. And that's what really got, got me in was the fact that, Hey, these, these folks could be real and they are acting in a, in a zombie apocalypse, the way I would expect people to act. Mm -hmm. and, and I, that's, that's what really, I mean, it, as implausible as a zombie breakout is it, you made it seem plausible. Yeah. They, they are all based on real people, which is if I'd have known the book was going to sell so well, I probably wouldn't have done that so much. I would have created characters. Mm-hmm. These are these are my like like Grizz's name is after a buddy of mine, an old biker buddy I used to run with named Bear, and dude, he was a wild man just like Grizz, big, yeah. giant, huge, beardy ass teddy bear. You know, he was rough and tough. He'd beat your ass like that, man. He was such a softy when it came to women. It was just, and I I just wrote that character into the books, you know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the whole thing with him and Deputy Collins is great too. I I I. I th I, I like the the opposites attracting thing. Yeah. Yeah, she's based on Yeah, so 
Yeah. <laughs> was she a cop? The real person? I used to be a bounty hunter, and the highest paid bounty hunter uh -huh. in Rio County was this little girl. She was about five foot one, and she was. She goes, when you're hunting a man, when you're hunting people, it's not about how strong you are. It's how smart you are. And she would, you know, she's a good skip trace. She taught me a lot. And it was time to go and make the arrest. She would go hire her friends from the gym at a dollar a pound. You weighed 260. You got 260 bucks to go help arrest this dude. So she was really smart. And just, I kind of based Deputy Collins off of her. She was, she was real clever. Real, That's you know, great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, that fits. That really, that really does fit. So you've got, you've got this idea in your head and you start writing and you, you know, you find out it's bigger than really, really what you expected. You expected a book and you, you got eight plus all the spinoffs. And when you think about that, what, as far as when you, had everything down and were ready to go. How did you decide to split up these books and, and, and was it a conscious effort or was it something that just came to be after you found out how much material you actually had? Well, I just, well, in the very first book, in the very first paragraph, it kind of tells what the whole series is about. You know, if you yeah. catch that, the very first couple of sentences and you don't even realize that until like book five, six or seven. So I wrote mm -hmm. that. I want to finish this whole book up. And when I got to like 130,000 words, I'm like, holy cow, man, I'm just getting started. So I just cut it right. off at a good point and sent that off, you know, to get, to get published. I mean, I didn't think it would yeah. sell. And I was just writing this for me. I just thought it'd be a book. Right. And, and the funny thing is, is there's a lot of pages. There's a lot of words that you wrote down, but, as far as, so in comedy, we talk about word economy, using the fewest amount of words to get your point across and get the laugh. And there's nothing wasted in your books. There's nothing that that makes me feel like, ah, that didn't need to be there. And I read a lot of books where I, I'm like, you know, it's a good book, but you know what, this subplot didn't didn't really need to exist. And yours all had a purpose, had a meaning, and really fed into the overall enjoyment of the books. What's well, man, I um I really like JK Rowling for Harry Potter series and so much foreshadowing in that. I mean yeah. I I've written a lot of books, but this was the first series I I you know I I I was voracious. I read or I listened to all of them. And the foreshadowing really like, man, that is so good. This little throwaway sentence yeah. two was so important in book five. I'm like I want to do that. I want to do that, you know? Yeah, the foreshadowing in the first book with uh, Gunny's oldest son, I can't remember his name, but the oldest son, I mean, that doesn't come to fruition for quite a while. Yeah. It, that's that, that's great stuff. Now, as far, so one of the big things, especially in the beginning, was, you know, how you built up the trucks to be able to get through hordes of zombies and get get to where they need to be and you you know having having some experience as a truck driver i mean you you 
everything was plausible. I mean, it, it just it just made sense of, of what you put together. Did you kind of like draw that stuff out to to see what it would look like, and also talk to people in the business of you know building building semis? Say, hey, is this something that would work? Is this something I could do? Or how far did you get into it to make it as realistic as possible? I'm a car builder. I built a number of cars over the years and I just, I just, I just, I knew it would work. You know, it's, you got to get from point A to point B. You need something big that can just cut down hordes of zombies. I mean, I built the zombie road Mustang that's in the books that Sammy drives right. around that and, you know, just take it to shows and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the real zombie road Mustang is pretty darn cool. I remember when you first posted that picture and that was, that was really neat. So when you started when you started putting these out first off did you did you just pop it up on Amazon and see what would happen or did you do any kind of promotion for it what 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 did you do to start getting folks interested I was in a bunch of different zombie groups on Facebook you know as a fan you know? You know, people recommend books. Oh, that might be good. I'll read that. This is Mark Tufo. This is Eric Shellman. You know, I get recommendations and mm -hmm. I contributed a little bit too. And when I wrote the book, I just threw it out there on Amazon with a really crappy cover. Matter of fact, my first book cover won Lousy Book Cover of the Month Award because it was pretty <laughs> bad. I did, I, I designed it myself. And I just posted in these groups, hey, man, I wrote a book. If you want to read it, you know, here's the link. And that was that. It really, it and really, it took off from there. Well, actually, it took off when we were doing a charity auction for this lady. I used to be involved in, well, I still am a lot of those charity things, but it used to be a lot more, it seemed like, where you would give, donate a book and, you know, or a couple of paperback books for free and people would bid on them and me, they'd make a few hundred bucks for whoever needed it. Anyway, this one yeah. gal, she said she was real popular in the groups but she wasn't a promoter or a publicist or anything. She goes, well, you know, I'll, I'll try to promote your books. You know, I'll, I'll do this for you for one month. And starting bid was, I think $20. So I'm okay. $20. I bid on her. Nobody else bid on her. She'd never done it before. I guess they didn't believe in her. And I won that yeah. late $20. And I think she was so upset that nobody believed in her. She really went whole hog and said, I'm going to show these people. And she goes, she got a hold of me. She goes, first thing you're going to do is get rid of that crappy ass book cover you got. Call this guy and tell yeah. him and give him $500. I'm like, what? No. She goes, yes. I'm your publicist now. Do this. Yeah. So $500 <laughs> on a good book cover. And it is a good book cover, I believe. And she went from yeah, there. It is. And she just, she made me so much sales and it was all up to her I, I give her all the credit for doing all the work it was and we worked together for, yeah that's great now one of the things i've noticed is you, you you have a community on facebook of you know really super fans that that are that are in kind of in the zombie genre anyway but they're really in the david simpson corner as far as your books are concerned i just i just remember as they were coming out so i think i joined the group right around when i think maybe book four was coming out or book five and and they're all like okay when's the next one when's the next one because because we need to know and and it just that 
that group, I think, is, you know, it's it's what everybody wants. They say, you know, if you get a thousand true fans, then then you can you can consider yourself a success because that's that's the hardest thing to do right now because people's attention spans are so so short that you know if you get those thousand true fans, they will evangelize for you. Yeah, I I, I can see that. I mean, they're well, I love my fans. I meet them when I can. We go to shows. When I do when I go to conventions, I take the Mustang when I can, and I always fill the trunk up full of Apocalypse beer. You know, the last beer on the shelf when the Apocalypse yeah. happens is going to be Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Yeah, <laughs> I fill the trunk up with PBR, and it's warm. And man, if anybody comes by, it's like, man, man, here you go. We just have fun, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm I'm one of those guys that still likes PBR, so. I, I... It's not bad. We that was that was my, f- yeah. Well, it, it kind of became a hipster beer for a while. It, I, it was funny. I'd go to a bar, and I'd see these these kids drinking PBR Tall Boys, and I'm like, you know, you went from your your IPAs to your to PBR, and that's cool now. I, I'm glad because it keeps the Paps folks in business. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 not bad beer. It's it's a joke. We, it's a running joke. There's a lot of beers worse than that. Hell, some of these IPAs are worse than Pabst. Yeah, <laughs> I used to be a big IPA guy, and as I got older, for some reason, it gives me headaches. So I'm back to, you know, either either some Pabst or just a decent Pilsner. Or my son's in the sours, and and that's like drinking a frou frou drink for me. So I can't do it. So when you, I, 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 I ju- I'm just astounded at, at the quality of the writing and you, one of the things that you talk about is your editor, the, the, the one who goes through and makes sure to correct all your grammar mistakes and, and make sure all the continuities there. Can, can you talk about her a little bit? The editor is my wife. So. And yeah. we have fights about, she needs, you need to take this part out. This part doesn't fit. I'm like, leave my, just edit the commas, leave my content alone. And she's not an English yeah. thing. She's just way smarter than me, you know? So <laughs> yeah. I know there's still some mistakes in there that get called out, but it's dude, way better than what I could have done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of a grammar Nazi myself, but my, daughters even more so when i have to write something important for for work or whatever i always run it past her and she, she's always like well you could say it this way and it'll have more impact and stuff like that so that's it, it's good to have somebody like that on your side because some of the things from the other authors some of the things that just bug the crap out of me was the fact that that you know run on sentences and not putting a comma where it belongs and you know misspellings and all that other kind of stuff it just drives me nuts and your books don't have that so i i thank your wife for me on that one i'll do it tonight yeah <laughs> so when you were you know be being kind of in a fan of the horror genre yourself, what authors did you read or listen to while you were driving that really got you thinking that, Hey, I could do this. Eric Shellman. 
He wrote the Dead Hunger series. He really helped me a lot to get started. Okay. I actually went to visit him, ask because I, I I was a fan. So I and Mark Tufo, of course, but and both of those guys have really given me a lot of good input, a lot of advice. When I first met Eric, I was in the area trucking, and I knew he lived down there. So I, I as a fan, say, "Hey man, think about writing a book. Can I come meet you and pick your brain?" So we met at this this little cafe bar thing, and. I, it was really cool. He gave me a lot of good advice. And as he was leaving, he goes, I didn't know if you were a psycho or not. And he shows me he's carrying his gun. I didn't know if I said to shoot you or not. I didn't know <laughs> you were. I see you're okay. So yeah, <laughs> never know. Yeah. I, I, I've, I, I've had those types of experiences myself <laughs> because, because we're all a little weird. I mean, if you get into any part of the arts, you got to be a little bit weird and, and, and you have to expect that somebody you come across might be even more weird than you. So. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I have this theory that God makes us all even on an even keel. And if he gives you something extra creative, that you're a great artist or a writer or a painter or whatever, he takes away something else. So dude, I've known yeah. artists that are just phenomenal, man. They're just nuclear bombs going off with ideas and, and, and creativity, but they can't tie their shoes or balance a checkbook, you know? So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can attest to that because my son works for NASA and he's, he's one of those kids that are really smart, but he can also talk and, and it's doing very well for him at NASA because a lot of those scientists, they can, they can, do all their physics and all that kind of crap, but they cannot associate with people in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I mean, gives a little, takes a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's 100% true. As far as the, you know, since since you started the Zombie Road series, what what do you think is the most positive thing to come out of that for you? man most positive thing in what aspect i mean yeah you know either in people that you've met what it's what it's done for your life maybe even your mental health you know th 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 things like that you know when you when you create something it seems like when you create something other things seem to to fall into place for people yeah, that 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 old adage, success breeds success. You know, I, I really believe that now. I don't know, man. I, I've helped launch a couple of careers in this. Like Eric helped me in the very beginning, and I've helped mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. But I've helped a handful of people start their own writing career. A couple of them became mm -hmm. bestsellers. You know, and I'm I'm pretty proud of that. And it wasn't my doing. You know, they they did the work. It's just mm -hmm. I don't know. I gave them a. Some, like Eric helped me, I helped them. So I can't take credit for their success, but I'll take a little bit, you know, gave them that extra. Uh -huh. leg. I did a couple of anthologies, just fan fiction type stuff. And we donated all the proceeds mm -hmm. to charities. And a few of those writers have gone on to become, you know, they got their very first start writing fan fiction and zombie road. And now they're, you know, they have their own book series out. So that was really cool. Mm -hmm. As far as my lifestyle, man, I, I was able to quit trucking. I haven't worked. I haven't, I haven't worked in a year, been building houses, but yeah, it made enough money to buy a place up in the mountains and build a cabin on it. And, you know, just living off royalties kind of thing. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. So how do, do you still get a steady stream of sales on the books or how, how does that, how does that work out after the, you know, essentially the series is pretty much done unless you go back and do some side stories, but you know, does that still keep rolling in for you? Yeah. I mean, only, I think I've only sold, I've sold less. I think, I don't know how many copies I've sold. I quit counting because back probably three years ago, but I know I haven't sold a million copies yet. So there's still millions yeah. of readers out there haven't discovered it. I figure when sales get really slow, you know, and start slumping down, mm-hmm. then I'll do some advertising and reach a, a brand new audience. Yeah. Because I mean, every, yeah, and- every four years you have new people coming into the genre. Right. Yeah. And, and the nice thing about yours is it's, it's pretty timeless because, you know, you, you get right at the beginning, you get back to where the world was before we had the internet and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you, you've got the satellite stuff and you've got the fact that they can talk via CB and ham radio and stuff like that. But other than that, it, it's, it's pretty timeless. Yeah, we, my uh, producers, I you know, I, it got opted for TV and movie and things like that, and they want to. Their their whole idea is they're going to make trucks cool again. They're going to make CBs cool again. That's their, that's kind of mm-hmm. their line. And they have a show they want to do called Long Haul Truckers, and it's kind of like the Zombie Road books was. I mean, there's this apocalypse and there's you know mayhem and bloodshed and disaster, but after all that happens. It's about rebuilding society. Mm-hmm. It's about trying to make things better again for all of us. And that's what yeah. they want to do is going to be based on these truckers just trying to rebuild society and, you know, go to warehouses and get supplies and, you know, fix, I don't know, electrical systems and water treatment plants and just, you know, and just about rebuilding basically. Right. Right. And, and that's really a big part of your book. You know, the, there's a lot of action, but it's really how people come together and rebuild society. And I, and also, you know, a little bit of war with other people, <laughs> but that's, it's really, you know, it, it's, yeah, it's really great. And, and, you know, one of the things I really liked was the the fact that you made, you made truckers, you accurately described how a lot of people think about truckers in the beginning and which, which they, you know, they think you're just a a, a bunch of long haul weirdos, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, come to find out, you know, I, my uh, cousin was a trucker and, 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 you know, you're all just regular people. You just found yourself into a different, a different line of work that, works with your personality and and i think it's neat how you know everybody not everybody got on board at the beginning but you know slowly everybody started you know saying okay we are all different but we're all the same and that we want to survive yeah uh, a lot of the truckers you know i'm 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 kind of old school a lot of the guys i knew and and you know would keep in touch with were like me. They were vets and a lot of them couldn't work in an office. 
they couldn't work in a warehouse. They weren't people persons, you know. They were okay being by themselves with their own head for days at a time and not even talking to anybody. So, right. you know, a lot of a lot of the guys that came back from the wars are like that. Not a lot. I shouldn't say that, but a lot that I knew were. I can't work freaking office, man. Give me the truck. I'm out. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. I just got to, you know. Right. Right. And obviously something that's needed because there's, you know, there's been a shortage of truckers for a while now. Oh my God, dude, they were offering like $20,000 sign on bonuses. I'm like, Whoa, this is like the army back in the day. Yeah. Big infantry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So, so let's talk about your life a little bit because, you know, just reading your bio, I mean, you've, you've done some stuff and, and you've, uh, you've definitely lived, lived a life that's seen a lot of big ups and downs, you know, what, as far as, you know, growing up, what was it like growing up in the Simpson household? Oh man, we were dirt poor, but didn't know it. In the middle of nowhere and you know never had new clothes never went to restaurants we were we were just i don't want to say we were poor white trash but we were poor and we were white and we were you just they just made do you know that's how i grew up yeah yeah brothers and sisters yep yep whole house full of them yeah <laughs> so so what does the family think about your series <laughs> Let's see. A couple of them are fans. Most of them haven't read them. Like, uh, it's okay. The latest thing. Cause I, I can't stick with anything. You know, if you've read the bio, man, I've done, I dude, I, yeah. I, I'll travel around the other side of the world, drop the hat. Hey man, they're hiring in Australia to dig opals in this mine. Where do I sign up at? I'm out of here. You know, <laughs> can't stick to something. Now that I'm oh, older, that's great. I am. I've, you know, I've owned cars for more than a year. I've owned houses for more than, you know, two or three years at a time. So I've settled. Yeah. It's funny. My, my son has never listened to one of my podcasts and I've been doing it for eight years. Yeah. My oldest, he read the first book or part of the first book and he goes, this isn't very good dad. I don't know, man. This he started critiquing it and like, eh, you know, whatever I'm writing it for me. That's as yeah. far as I did him. Yeah, you're, I, you know, I, you, you cannot be a fan of the genre, but I, you know, I, I read a lot and, and I, you know, I have to say the, the quality of the writing, I, nobody can dish you for that. That, that that's one thing for sure. It, it's definitely a quality book. If you don't like the genre, that's fine, but it, it's a quality book. Well, thank you. A quality series of books, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's all one book to me because it's, you know, the story is just so good. Yeah. It ends on day two and on one book and the next morning on the next book, it starts the very next morning. There's, there's no juxtaposition. There's no backtracking. Cause I always hated that when you read from one book to the next one, especially when you're reading them back to back, they have three chapters yeah. and you what the first book did. I just, I yeah. just. Yeah, read the first book. You have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I was I was happy for that because some series do that, and it's like, okay, I know, I know. I I just finished the last book. If it's six months between books, but most people don't read them like that. Most people just binge, you know. 
like you yeah. binge, you binge it one after another, and it's like, yeah, yeah. So you know, we talked we talked before we started recording about your uh, turntable. One thing I got to know because I'm a I'm a music freak myself. What what's your three favorite bands? Oh man, depends on what day of the week it is. I guess Cure, The Cure is an all time favorite. Yeah, I'm a goth kid from the '80s. Yeah. Yeah, Pink Floyd. That's an easy one. Dude, which yeah. song? Leonard Skinner, you know, Free Bird. Dude, I like everything. Yeah. I, I really do. When I say I like everything, probably not. A lot of hip-hop I'm not into. It's just not my culture or not my style, but just about everything else from blues and fucking yeah. coffee, cool. and everything. Yeah, good. good. That's kind of how I am. I I was a metal metal and punk kid for a long time, you know, and, and they don't necessarily go together. But, you know, it's I went from metal to punk back to metal. And, you know, the only thing that really lasted was like Judas Priest and Megadeth and Sabbath. You know, those Sabbath, out of yeah. all of them I listen to is those are pretty much the ones that still get on my playlist. Dude, I saw Ozzy in a high school gym front row center it was easy to do he's in a high school gym yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that, uh, that that whole story you know i'm i was a priest fan i i i really got into them for the screaming for vengeance album and they toured in 82 with that and i got to see him live and still one of my favorite concerts just absolutely and I've seen a lot, and it's still just one of them that sticks with me above all the others. Yeah. So as far as what's next for you, I see that a VR game is being developed around the Zombie Road series. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yes. First off, as an indie we're used to making things happen really, really fast. I write a book. I publish yeah. a book without three days later. You know, you can buy it. Mm -hmm. I'm working with Hollywood. I do not want to diss Hollywood. I love those guys. My producers are great. But Hollywood is so freaking slow, dude. Yeah. Everything takes forever because it's not just one man in one book. It's hundreds of people and millions of dollars, and they don't want to throw away money. So it takes time to right. do that. So having said all that, the VR game was supposed to release this year. We had a demo at IAPA in Florida. It's a big gaming convention, and it went over really well. Mm -hmm. it, it, there was lines all day long to play. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. But they want to push it back until next Halloween, so they have a big horror release at Halloween. So the game got pushed back, so it'll be, it'll be a year before it's released 10 months something like that okay but the game was really dude i'm gonna go buy a vr headset after playing this game because i just i've never messed with yeah that. and i'm working down at the studio i wrote the game for him you know and and so i'm down there there in the development stages of it it's i mean it's 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 just dude i mean it's it, it's it's just unreal and the zombie road mustang yeah. game which was way cool so they put that in there for me. yeah and yeah so next year it'll be released it's megaverse Right now, it's Megaverse only. It's the only contract I have, but we're in talks, and it'll probably happen. We're going to have a home version of it, too. Megaverse, if, if you don't know, it's this, you got to go pay your $15 to put the set on. It's like arcades have them, the big arcades. Some amusement parks have them. That's the only place you can play it at. Great Wolf Lodge has them. 
and it's really cool because the floors shake and there's wind, you know, and just it's it, it's a full immersion effect. But they're gonna try. They're gonna make probably home game of it for the you know the home Oculus version too. That's cool. Yeah. So is is Stabby is Stabby one of the characters in the VR game? No, the only character from the books that are in there is Gunny. <laughs> he's pretty Gunny. Okay. Yeah, he, he's like the, the guide because a lot of people have never played VR, and the Megaverse is a cool system because it's inexpensive. Some of these VR games they'll run you eighty five bucks to play, you know, and these are these are relatively cheap. Yeah. Go in and play. Anyway, Gunny's there telling you what to do. Pick up those guns. Come over here. We got to go down to this elevator. Hit that switch, and the floor shakes. You know, and you go down an elevator, and it's all real. You're looking at just so Gunny kind of through, so you don't get lost and not know what to do. But he's the only character in there. And it starts. That's got to be in a truck stop. That's got to be exciting, man. Yeah, (laughs) it was a blast. I I played that thing, man. I just it it was fun. Yeah, and. You know, I I hope that things get going with, you know, either a movie or a series because it's this is just ripe for being put it, put on the TV or the big screen. We had we hired I say we my producers, my Hollywood guys, they hired some script writers to do a TV series and TV series are kind of hard to get because they're very expensive. You know, this, that and the other. And it's hit or miss whether they'll hit yeah. or not. And we couldn't get financing on it. And so they said, screw it. Let's just do a movie. I, we can get it. Because these guys, they've been in the business 30 years. And it's a really a small company. And they know what they're doing. And they said, we can make a movie. We got 30% from this outfit. Alabama's going to give it this. You know, there's all this money coming in from different avenues that mm-hmm. they know how to get. And they said, we just got to probably raise 10 or 15% of the total budget to do a film. And they tasked mm-hmm. write the script. So... I rewrote the the pilot from you know the, the script writers wrote. It was a forty five minute pilot, and they asked me to rewrite it into a, you know ninety minute movie. And I did. I gave it to them. I kept all the. I don't want to diss these guys. It was a good script. It was a good TV show, but it was it was kind of woke, you know. It's, it's Hollywood. I gave it to yeah. them with all the wokeness, in it, and they looked at it and they read it. And, you know, you know what? Can you just rewrite your books? When I mean, we loved your books because they were what they were. They were raw. They were, you know, kind of politically incorrect, you know, and they were yeah. everyday blue collar men doing what blue collar men do. Just rewrite it like that. So yeah. I got to rewrite the script to follow the books more closely. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, that's that's great. And and really the if 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 you were to go down the woke road, that I think that would that would make it not not as real. No, but I understand why they do it. I mean, they got a lot. They got millions of dollars tied up. They want the biggest bang for their bucks and to be the most inclusive. I understand that. But when you look at the latest Marvel and Disney movies, you know, maybe you shouldn't. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I don't know the answer, but I just know I'm glad yeah. I'm not going that route. Yeah. Yeah. So you talked about working working with some other authors and and helping them get started if you were to have somebody come up to you right now and say hey you know i've got an idea for a book and i want to i want to start writing what advice do you give people when when they say when they say that they would love to get into the book writing thing write it people write it i mean that's i i don't know if you've run into the people or not but a lot of people want to be a writer and 
most of them never follow through because after the first three or four hours, it, it becomes work. Mm -hmm. it, it is work. And most never follow through, but the ones that do, man, I will give them step-by-step -step instructions on this is what you do now. This is what you got to do now. Go do this, go do this, come back, see me when you got that done. Then mm -hmm. format, I mean, I format it. I don't know how many writer's books for free for them because I have the program. It only takes me an hour or so, man, I'll format it so they don't have to mess with that. You know, tell them how to get inexpensive. It's just, you know, just, I won't read the book. I never, I've never have. I've read, I'll say, I'll read a paragraph. I'll tell you whether you should pursue this or not. Give me a one paragraph. Yeah. And if it's, if it, you know, if I can read it and understand what they're saying, hey, this is pretty good. If it's not, it's, you know, hey, man, you know, you need an editor. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And, and really, that's that's the hardest thing. I've had a book in my head for years, and, and I've never done anything past an outline. And and I I know I know it's there and I know I could do it, but I, I am so ADD. It is, it's like you have to chain me to a desk to have me sit down for an hour. Yeah, but dude, just write it. You can write a thousand words a day. You'll have a book you know, in a hundred days, hundred thousand words. Yeah. Three months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if, if, if I start one, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you to check out that first paragraph and paragraph. <laughs> see if it's worth it or not. <laughs> Dude, I know you can write. Hell, you write your own comedy, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 But, but that's a lot shorter than a book. So. Well, you know, I give, I, I meet <laughs> professions all the time, you know, just, different weird niche professions. I tell them, you know, my, my sales pitch to them is, have you ever read those books, Chicken Soup for the Soul? And most everybody, if they haven't read them, they know what they are. They're just short one and two page stories, you know, of Chicken yeah. Soup for the Soul. I said, why don't you write a book about being a flipping, you know, a, a, like even a cashier at a liquor store. Mm -hmm. I go in there and my favorite gal on there, she always recommends beer for me. She has stories about customers and drunks. And I said, or a bartender, man, you could write just one or two, you know, you could write a book, yeah. get it published. It's yeah. income for the rest of your life. Right. Right. Try to help people yeah, it, find some niche. Everybody has a story. I mean, my, my son-in-law was in town for Thanksgiving and we drove to Tennessee to get some allocated bourbon. What was it? Friday? Yeah. Friday morning we went. And, you know, the lady at the liquor store there, I mean, she just, she, she talked to us about her family and, you know, the, she, first of all, she said, do you, are you a collector or are you a drinker? <laughs> and my son-in-law is a collector and I'm a drinker. So, so I said, I will be drinking what I bought. <laughs> and, but, you know, she had great stories and it's, that's one of the things I want to do with this podcast is just talk to some regular people and and get those stories out because a lot of times it's much better than what you see in hollywood yeah there there are really are I mean, everybody has a story to tell i was i was at a thrift shop the other day i come out and there's this really cool car there it's like 62 buick wildcat or something you just don't see them in the uh -huh. wild you know it's just like it was all pristine uh -huh. it wasn't pristine but it was all original faded out paint cassette deck in there you know and I, i'm looking get talking to this guy Turns out he was a whiskey runner back in the day here in Georgia, man. He made sure yeah. he ran. He, he had all kinds of stories about how to make the cars better. He goes, it just unbelievable wealth of knowledge from this, this 
80 year old man about running whiskey in Georgia and you know, back yeah. in the 70s. Hell, he knew Billy Frick, yeah, the yeah. murderer from the Dixie Mafia that killed hundreds of people here. He knew the guy, you know, I, I knew, I knew Billy. Oh, wow. And holy cow, <laughs> you never know, man. Everybody has a story. Yeah, it's it, it, and they're they're compelling. It, it's it's really cool to to learn about people. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you, David. As far as where folks can find you and and get get to the Zombie Road series, how, how do folks get there? Man, Amazon is the biggest platform it's on. It's on audiobooks too. Just mm-hmm. hit up Amazon. You can. I mean, you can buy them elsewhere, but you have to probably special order them. You know, they're everywhere, but Amazon and on Facebook and David Simpson fan club. That's where I post everything about all the updates, the new books, the movie, the TV show, whatever's going on mm-hmm. there. Okay. Okay. Great. Well, I, I gotta say, it's been really great to get to know you and, and you know, they, the, these books really, I mean, they stuck with me more, more than so many others and i i really appreciate what you did and and once again thank your wife again for me because they were easy to read and they didn't piss me off so so that that was a big thing for me i'm gonna quote you there your books didn't piss him off so good honey oh yeah That, that, that's what they do. You know, I, I, I get p- pissed off at emails. So yeah, that, that, that's definitely, that, it's definitely, you get a leg up when it's written correctly. So I really appreciated that. Cool. Well, th- thanks. Thanks for doing the uh, pod here, man. And, you know, definitely, definitely keep in touch. And, you know, one of the things I like to do is, you know, I'm trying to build a community here. So anytime you got something that you want to promote, Shoot me an email and I'll make sure it gets up on all my socials too. Awesome, man. Thank you.